This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, September 30th, 2018. Colossians, live faithfully. So this morning we're going to conclude our series on Colossians, and we're not really going to preach on being oversaved. We're going to preach about uh, living faithfully today. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. <laughs> Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, we thank you for today. We thank you for laughter. And we thank you for tears at times. Lord, settle us in that we might hear your message found in Scripture and be changed and transformed by it. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, Amen. Amen. Book of Colossians found in the New Testament, the second part of the Bible, written by the Apostle Paul. It was actually a letter to the church at Colossae in Greece. His letter was focused on a particular, primarily because he was very concerned that this church had some false teachings going on, some heresies. Um, and um, uh, here's a re quick recap. Uh, uh, week one, one of the one of the series, week one part of the series, we focused on the heresy known as Gnosticism. Uh, it came to the internet later on, but these were the roots of it. And, and a couple of aspects of Gnosticism we talked about. One was uh, they believed that Christ could not be both human and divine. They thought he was strictly divine, strictly spiritual. Secondly. They believed that only a select few believers uh, who had special knowledge, uh, and, and that knowledge would lead them to salvation. And the challenge is when we uh, believe or follow these false teachings, and we're not recognizing, like in this case, the true Christ, the Christ who is fully human, fully divine. We're, we're, we're not fully understanding the Jesus who who came and died on the cross and resurrected, not for a select few who had special knowledge, but for all, for any and all who uh, have a personal relationship with him as their Lord and Savior. As we said a few weeks ago, Christ rules. And then two weeks ago, we talked about being rooted in the faith, we talked about that tree that was firmly rooted in our driveway and had to have a backhoe pull it out. Yeah. And that actually wouldn't it be great for us to be that rooted in our relationship, in our faith in Jesus. Paul reminds us to be rooted. And then uh, last week, uh, Bonnie Seaban, who was just here a few minutes ago, Bonnie shared with us the importance of being holy of living lives. Holy means to be set apart for God, lives set apart for God. And then this morning, our focus is on living, once again, living faithfully. Living faithfully. And so we're going to look at the book of Colossians, and we're looking at chapter four. Each week, we've taken a chapter and pulled different things out of each chapter. Today, our focus is four verses two through six. Now, Paul starts right out of the gate in chapter 4, verse 2, to talk about living faithfully, and, and an important component of that is prayer. Prayer. Prayer is crucial 
in living faithfully. And he addresses that in his letter to the church that he is so worried about because they've gotten off track. And so he says this to the Colossian church, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And so Paul is encouraging them to stay prayerfully focused on God, prayerfully focused on the truth, capital T truth, I am the way, the truth, the life, focused on the truth of Christ. And so he uses the word devote. Devote yourselves to prayer. He just doesn't say you need to pray or, you know, pray every once in a while. He says devote. When I think about that word devotion or devote, it kind of puts a whole new spin on it. Devote, uh, commit, um, stay with it, be loyal to, keep the vow, devote. That's a big word devote. And so he says, devote yourselves to prayer. Have you ever grown tired or weary by praying for something or someone? Yeah, I have too. And he's saying, don't give up. Have a prayerful persistence. Because our prayerful persistence in prayer, you know, communication with God, speaking and listening, really is an expression of our faith, of living faithfully with God as our Father, Jesus Christ, his one and only Son, and plugging into the power of the Holy Spirit. Prayer is our lifeline to God. It's so much more than just a list of wants and desires, um, but it's a radical act. It's a radical act of worship. We're worshiping here for this hour, but worship is a lifestyle 24-7, having our hearts bent toward God. And it reminds us of who he is and who we are and whose we are and what life is all about. Prayer is surrender. Say surrender. Surrender. It's hard to surrender. But prayer is surrendering to the reality that someone is more ultimate than we are. I don't know how prayer works, but I know it does. I, we heard an interesting definition of prayer at our conference last week. The speaker was saying that praying is like signing a blank check over to God and trusting what God will do with it. I mean, have you ever signed a blank check and just said here? Well, that's what prayer is like, signing it over, trusting that God will use it for good, trusting that God has a bigger vision than we do, and that God ultimately has control. Okay, God, here it is. I'm going to sign the check, blank check, and give it over to you. You know what's best. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful, being watchful. This is as true now as it was then. Paul was referring to being cautious, especially in terms of these false teachings going on in that church at Colossae, but, but his words of wisdom apply equally to us today. You know, we live in a culture that we may claim to be Christian, but we don't live in a Christian culture here today. Uh, we're surrounded by many things that pull us away from, from, from looking upward 
if you know what I'm saying here, are surrounded by, not surrounded, we're bombarded by uh, billboards, by TV ads, by internet things, all, very few of which have anything to do with God and God's kingdom. And, and so we need to be aware of those things that are contrary to being Christ followers, and so we need to be watchful. Say watchful. 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 Be aware of those things that are contrary to putting God first, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We need to be on guard and not cave into the culture, and that's an ongoing challenge. It's a constantly being aware of challenge because it's so easy to fall into that which we, by which we're surrounded. And so Paul encourages us to, to immerse ourselves, as Carrie said earlier, in truth, to be strong and to live faithfully. Say live faithfully. Live faithfully. Yeah. And so Paul says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And thankful. We say live with an attitude of gratitude, being thankful in all circumstances, all situations. Now that's really hard isn't it? That is so hard. Thankful for the small things, thankful for the big things, thankful for the good things, thankful for the not-so-good things. Really? Do you really mean that, God? Hmm. We have some pretty hard circumstances in our lives. Y'all are dealing, and we're dealing, with some pretty tough stuff. One such circumstance in my life devastated my family, tore apart the very fabric of who we were as a family. What came out of that was a determination on my part that history would not repeat itself in our family, in my life, and that my direction would change. And that was only possible through God's help and God's strength. Now, while the situation was clearly devastating, I am thankful for what God has taught me through it and how God has been faithful. That's where my gratitude is, an attitude of gratitude. About a year ago, I found myself um, with an attitude that was becoming more and more negative. And, you know, once you start with that, it just sort of takes over. Ick. And so I was talking to the uh, girls who I'm in Bible study with, and we decided as a group that we were going to set our alarm three times a day and think about when that alarm went off a gratitude. And so I had my journal, and I set my phone alarm, and it went off, and I wrote down a gratitude three times a day. And they, I couldn't repeat myself. That was the rule. And so I might have been in a meeting with you, and my alarm would have gone off. And I thought, OK, what am I grateful for? And after about a month, it completely changed my mindset. I got out of that and started into the positive. It is so important to be thankful as we live faithfully as a follower of Jesus Christ. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, verse 3, and, and 
Pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. You always got to watch for those little words like the, the ands and the buts in Scripture, this and. So here's what he's And then and. And he continues to focus on prayer, but he shifts it to asking for prayers for himself and for those who are with, with him. It's interesting, though, what he asked for. You know, I was thinking about this. If I was sitting in Paul's position, now he's been doing God's work, and he's in jail, he's in chains, and instead of writing a letter, I think I'd be praying, and I'd be going, God, what's going on? I've done your work, and over the years I've been shipwrecked a couple times, I've been beaten, I've, and now I'm in jail? Cut me a break, would you? You got the power. Get me out of here. Cut my chains. Help me escape. You know, it happened. We read in scripture. It happened to Peter. You know, the the jail jail door opened up. Maybe why not me? Why not me? And then and then when I did write the letter, <laughs> I'd be writing them to be praying the same thing. <laughs> Pray that I'll get out of this place, please, because I don't deserve to be here. And I can do better work outside. Can I hear any amens on this? Is anybody with me that maybe we'd be maybe just a little bit self-centered in our prayer? Maybe it's just an alanization there, but, but not Paul. Not Paul, no. No, no, Paul, instead of asking for prayers for his chains to be broken, he's asking for the opportunity to share the message that put him there in the first place. He's there because of this message of Jesus Christ that he's asking them to pray to help him be able to share. This, he's asking them to share this message of the mystery of Christ. And we go, what is the mystery of Christ? And I, I don't know what I came up with. The mystery of Christ is why in the world would Christ be willing to give his life up for me? That's a mystery to me. Wow. And yet he did. This message of the risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, this message of forgiveness and, and salvation, this message of the cross and the empty tomb. He's asking these people to pray that he might be able to share this message, this message that put him there in the first place, as clearly as possible. Wow. So that's a serious case of INAM on Paul's part. Does anybody, can anybody tell us what INAM is? It's not about me. That's what we say around here. INAM, it's not about me. He was so sold out for the Lord, and it was all about sharing the message of Jesus Christ. No matter what his circumstance, no matter what he was facing, it was all about Jesus. It was all about connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers. We're not called to be another Apostle Paul. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> but you're called to be you. I'm called to be me. And we can ask God, whatever, whatever our circumstance, for opportunities <clears throat> to share how our lives are different because of Jesus. Mm. Verse, uh, verse 5. 
Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. And so Paul shifts here. You know, he went from prayer to a different kind of prayer. Now he's shifting from prayer to wisdom, to being wise, uh, a very important component of living faithfully. You see, the wisdom he talks about here, being wise, is more than just everyday, everyday wisdom, everyday good judgment based on experience and knowledge. It, this is what the Old Testament prophet Hosea would say about the kind of wisdom that Paul's talking about here. Those who are wise understand these things. Those who are discerning know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the upright walk in them. But transgressors stumble in them. And so to be wise, to be kingdom-wise, wise in the eyes of God, means to walk in the ways of the Lord, to follow closely God, to align ourselves. Christ is our plumb line. To follow the direction of the Father, the teachings of the Son, and the leadings of the Holy Spirit. And so Paul tells the church at Colossae to be wise, to be tuned into God and the way they act toward outsiders, those who are outside the faith, toward the non-believers. Be wise. Having wisdom and being God-focused allows us to make the most of every opportunity we have with someone who is, quote, outside or far from God. You know, here, here at CCC, we're here for everybody. We, we hope everybody knows that we're open to whoever comes through the door. We, we're going to love them. We, we used to have a joke here, the more tattoos, the more we hugged on you, you know? Um, and and we, 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 that's, that's why we exist. But we have a special heart for those who haven't experienced Jesus' love yet, for the ones that Paul would refer to as the outsiders, um, those who maybe have been hurt in some way and, 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 and have trouble believing that God is there for them, um, that God is for them rather than against them. For those maybe who've never had church, or maybe those who have been in a church, but it's been a while because for some reason they got away from, maybe they got hurt at church, or maybe some other reason they've, they've been away for a while. And so from day one, our mission, and our mission that will carry us into the future, say it with me, to connect people with Jesus and the new life he offers. And that's why we have courses like Alpha that helps us get grounded. You know, why do I read the Bible? Why do I pray? How can I have faith? Who is the Holy Spirit? To help answer those questions or just have a safe place to listen. That's why we ask you to welcome one another and to serve one another because it's about radical hospitality. That hospitality that was so radical that Jesus has for each one of us and for us to share that with others. That's why ministries, uh, outreach ministries, are so important to the core of who we are. Ministries like the food ministry, where every Tuesday and Thursday and days in between that people are fed and we meet their physical needs. 
ministries like Peach Festival, where the parking lot and inside are full of free everything because God's love is free, absolutely free, no strings attached, or things like right now our Operation Christmas Child, where we want children on the other side of the world to hear the good news of the scripture, the gospel, in their own language, and this is how we get them, through a simple shoebox. We want people to know that God's love is not for a select few like what the people in this particular church were trying to share, but for everyone. And the way we act toward one another, and Paul says the outsiders, the ones we, uh, that are outside a regular sphere of influence, he says, be wise and take opportunities to share love. And so the question today, one of the questions is, what opportunities does God give you each day in whatever sphere of influence you have? How do you live this out? Verse 6. Let your conversations be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So how do we do that? How do we make the most of every opportunity that we have, every situation or circumstance, especially with those who are not connected with Jesus and the new life he offers? Well, Paul shares with the believers at Colossae, he's talking to the, to the church people, he says, when you're out there, let your conversations be full of grace. Grace, unconditional love, Love not based on the behavior of another. You're mean, so I'm going to be mean. It's not, that's not grace. It's based on a decision to love and to care for no matter what. And so being full of grace in our conversations means that our conversations should be kind and gentle. You know, this, I feel like the world is so harsh. We could all have a healthy dose of gentleness in the way that we speak to one another, to those around us, not harsh, not judgmental. Bonnie shared about this last week in chapter three of Colossians, where Paul talked about living holy. That meant put away anger, put away rage, put away malice, put away slander, and there was a whole big list of that. But instead, clothe yourselves in kindness, and compassion, humility, that's a big word, humility, gentleness, patience, conversations that are full of grace build up rather than tear down. It values one another. And he didn't say, um, have your conversations with a little bit of grace or some grace. He says, full full of grace. Mm. Grace-filled conversations seasoned with salt. You ever had those potato chips that are salt-free? I know, I get, I understand the health, I understand the blood, I understand all the reasons for them, but they're horrible, aren't they? Hey, I'd rather not have chips. Maybe that's the point. 
Maybe that's the point. But there's some sandwiches you just got to have chips with. That's all there is to it. And are those pretzels that are so, things that are supposed to have salt that don't? French fries. I don't know. I and I get it. Again, if, if the doctor says you better, and I understand all that, but they just don't taste right, do they? The, salt's important. It was back in Paul's day. That's why he mentions it here. In fact, through if you look historically, salt's a really it's a valuable commodity. Way back then, they used a lot to preserve food. They didn't have refrigeration, but. We're not talking about preservation here. We're talking about taste. We're talking about flavor. We're talking about bringing life to something. Right? And you all know that. With a little bit of salt, not too much. Too much salt is deadly. And that's true in language, too. When we talk about salty language, that means language like a sailor, proverbial sailor, which I think we try to avoid, especially in the church. No offense, sailors. Anyway. But a touch of salt, just the right amount of salt, brings out the God flavors in the world. Amen? And that's what Paul is talking about here. Just that right amount of salt in our conversation. You know, the story we have, the story of Jesus Christ, is not a dull story. But if we're not careful, our conversational language can be kind of dull if we're not careful. We need to bring salt to it. We bring salt to those words. I love the way Eugene Peterson paraphrases this section in his, uh, his paraphrase called The Message. He says, the goal is to bring out the best in others in our conversation. Not put them down, not cut them out. Bringing out the best in our conversations, bringing out the best in others. Don't you like hanging out with people who do that? I mean, it's refreshing. It's wonderful. And so Paul says, through prayer and acting wisely toward others, we are God's ambassadors in the world. We're God's hands and feet and voice and ears. And it's so important, incredibly important, especially in a world that can be uh, pretty confusing as far as living biblically, having a biblical worldview, a world that doesn't pay a whole lot of attention to Jesus. We need to be Jesus to the world. And so our conversations being full of grace. As Paul wrote to the church in Colossae a couple thousand years ago, his message is as relevant today as it was back then. So then the question for the morning is, what about you? Are you living faithfully? Are you praying that God would help you spread the good news of Jesus Christ in spite of your circumstance, in spite of perhaps the prison you may feel yourself in, in spite of the daily challenges that you those around that each and every one of us face? Are you engaging in grace-filled conversations with others sprinkled with salt, sprinkled with just the right amount of salt, helping others know the joy that you know through a relationship with Jesus Christ, that you knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Are you bringing the best out in others, not putting them down, not cutting them out? Are you faithfully living the life 
that God intended for you when God first thought of you so long, long, long ago. A life that is focused on the good news of Jesus Christ. That is the good news of Jesus. Let's believe it and let's live it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you for Paul's letter to the Colossians. Thank you for the ways that he has taught us in each chapter to be rooted and to live a lifestyle of holiness and today faithfulness and let it all flow out of the reality that you are God, you are supreme, and that you are sovereign. God, we stand in awe of you as we live out our days sharing who you are and whose we are. I pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And everybody agreed and said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.